Wake up, clean up, dress up, eat up. The regular routine for the average person. Hi, this is Adrian Cortez from ASU coming at you today for the first ever podcast of Gen Talk. Our topic today would be about public transportation. To ease into this topic today, I'd like to talk more about me. More importantly, my routine and how it vastly differs from the norm. So, starting with the wake-up, a normal person would plan to get up around 7 a.m. in the morning. I have to wake up 5.40 a.m. in the morning, a whole hour earlier and then some. You can already tell I'm having a wonderful start. I have to do this every day due to the ASU Tempe campus being so far away, a whole hour and 15-minute journey just to arrive at the boundaries of the campus. Due to this painfully early start to my day, it takes me a full 20 minutes in order to be conscious enough to get out of bed. I will explain here that I am a definite night owl and mornings are not my most productive time period. So everything I do is slower than average, taking me till 6.40 a.m. to get dressed. Oh, did I mention the fact that I skipped breakfast? Imagine not only being tired and grumpy, but you're also hungry every time you go to class. Then, after all that... I rush through the light rail that leaves just 8 minutes later and proceed to sleep for that hour and 15 minutes, praise be to it. I walk for 15 to 20 minutes to get to my first class, and I don't have anything to eat or drink until at least 9.30am after being for 5 hours on my good days. While this completely unhealthy and unorthodox routine puts a burden on my sanity sometimes, it is both necessary for my education only possible thanks to that light rail. My parents can't drive me there, and without any proper training or willingness to drive a car, I am stuck with public transportation as my only option. That is why I felt it's so important to start off with this topic. Many others are probably within the same boat as I am, and so I wanted to cover what many people, including me, have to go through to achieve a higher education. Even if my schedule is an extreme, no sane person should ever try and copy. Now, to start things off, I believe it is important to report about public transportation since as far as research goes, it seems to have net positive effects on not just the environment, but also well-being. I wanted to know if these effects affected other ASU students who commit via public transportation as well, and I decided to dig a little deeper in order to find out. However, while researching, I found little to no articles pertaining to ASU and public transportation. It didn't stop me from collecting facts about public transportation itself and its impacts. As of 2018, there were a total of 72,709 students in ASU metropolitan campuses recorded on ASU's official website fact page. Of those people, 26,219, a total of around 36% of all students, are considered non-residents, meaning they don't live on ASU and have to commute to ASU campuses. That's a lot of people, all of whom are impacted by public transportation. To start off our report, I believe this is the most important and favorable aspect of public transportation to any low-income student on campus. Cost. More precisely, that public transportation is much, much cheaper than driving a car when it comes to university students. Paying for a car is expensive, both in money and time. At ASU, there are many alternative ways to travel on campus as well. As mentioned in the article, for students, public transportation can be a way to cut costs and inconveniences by the state press reporter Samuel Leal. There are bikes and scooters students can rent for the day at a low price, and many ASU campuses have bus systems in play to help get students to their classes on time. What's more is that ASU has their own university pass for the Metro Light Rail, a one-time $200 fee to ride for the whole academic year. 
and that is less than 55 cents a day. That is way better than the possible thousands of dollars needed to spend on a car for a month. A study done by Christopher B. Harto did the math on this topic and explored the trade-offs of taking different forms of transportation. He recorded four distances, one mile, three miles, seven miles, and 15 miles. When directly comparing cars and the bus from traveling alone, the cars managed to beat the bus in, a, in cost until the three-mile mark, where the bus costed a consistent $2.50, while the mid-size and hybrid cars costed $2.52 and $2.58, respectively, be after this distance. Where everything else beats the cars past three miles, and the bus beats almost everything after seven miles, with the only exception being the motor scooter. This makes the bus a strong contender for anyone with a long-distance commute, and a surprising alternative here is the motor scooter if you're doing anything below 7 miles, only costing $1.30 within that range, beating even the car in short range. It makes you wonder why everyone isn't making the switch to public transportation if it's this good, especially those who live closer to the main campuses. Speaking of which, one study I found fascinating to share today was the correlation between how close people live near the campus and how likely they are to take forms of public transportation. This study was conducted on a rural college town in Iowa by three scientists, Jingping Zhao, Ying Wang, and Zhenghui Wu. These names were not butchered in the slightest. They were testing to see if Iowa State University students chose different modes of transportation other than driving alone and observed what specific reason caused this decision. What these scientists found is that in this small college town, 77% of students were either using public transportation or walking to the campus. In addition, they also found that their decision for choosing public transportation and walking was based on if prioritized affordable rent and or had a job off campus. I believe many people in low-income families can relate to this since it can be hard to fund college and higher education. So finding any way to reduce spending becomes a huge priority during college in order to ensure the least amount of debt possible. I am therefore glad that the light rail is so cheap so that I can get to my class without worrying over my financial situation. It makes me quite happy to know that I didn't need to take that option, and I bet other people would too if they also lived near some form of public transportation. This line of thought leads into yet another study which is about happiness and how it is affected by public transportation. This study was conducted by 12 people on all 50 states of the U.S. of A, on adults 18 and over. Their names are, oh boy, lightning round, Scott Cloutier, Alex Karner, Hannah L. Breitz, Peranas Tofani, Nuri Onat, Sabram Patel, Sidahanth Paraklar, Eric Bernoy, Beth Ann Morrison, Jason Papenfuss, A. Devio Briggs, and Cynthia Carlson. A lot of butchered names probably just got added to the list. These people gathered annual surveys from 187 districts in the U.S. in order to record the well-being slash happiness of a state or city, and then compared the score of the survey to the amount of funding the local government put into the public uh, transportation system. In their study, they had found that generally, the more funding a local government spends in their public transportation network, the higher the well-being score and thus the happier the district. In addition to that, they found that in car-focused districts where public transportation funding was low, districts had lower well-being scores and were generally more depressed as a result. This makes sense to me, as no one has to deal with the stress of driving as well as being better off financially. 
Driving is stressful, as you need to be aware of the dozens of cars around you who follow traffic laws, which are state-by-state specific, and on top of all that, get to your destination in a quick and orderly fashion. That is a lot to do in a highly congested city highway or main street that has people trying to compete for the next slot up in traffic or harass you if you are too slow or do something to offend them, not to mention that there are pedestrians to look out for. This study supports that a better-funded public transportation network makes its riders much happier, yet people are focused on getting cars to get around in, which is linked to being s- making people sadder. If we had more people that knew about this and advocated for a better transportation system, we'd end up with happier people that suddenly have more money in their pockets. We'd also end up with more ASU students commuting via the light rail or metro bus at an affordable price, which is something I believe every student can agree with. Well, that's all I have to share for today. I found out that public transportation is cheap and affordable, is preferred among people off campus, and can make an entire state happier as a result of its funding. With that, this is Adrian Cortez from ASU, ending the first Gen Talk podcast, and I hope you enjoy.